Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you're all having an absolutely awesome day today. Hope you had a good weekend. Enjoyed the Hagman Show on Friday. Him and I had a lot of good discussions, and we went into detail about what we're seeing in Canada now. This is quite incredible, and it's quite encouraging, I think. It should be encouraging for everybody to see this truck convoy that now has been stated as the largest truck convoy in recorded history. Actually, they're saying now it's pushing, I think, somewhere around 35 to 40 miles long, 45 miles long, with over 50,000 trucks. If you want to talk about disrupting transit and disrupting the flow of things, these guys are doing it, and for very good reason. There's now a report coming out that... I guess Trudeau and his family were extracted from their home by security and basically taken to a undisclosed location for security concerns because they've gotten so nervous about all the people that are basically downtown and by his office and pretty much everywhere. I mean, some of the videos I've seen have been extremely impressive. And what's interesting about this is now this shows you, this shows you very clear cut example that the vast majority of people are not okay with what's going on. They've even, they were interviewing a few people I saw like on some of the independent stuff at this protest, and some of the people said they were, they had both shots. They said, but it doesn't matter. We chose to do it. Nobody has the right to tell another person they have to have a medical operation done against their will. If they want to get the shot, get the shot. If they don't, don't. But I think more and more people now that have actually gotten the shot and the ones who have actually survived are starting to realize now that this is not at all what we were told it is. And this, again, is being used as a very, very, very aggressive example on why you should never allow government intrusion into your medical rights or medical history or medical operations that you have that choice. And the flip side of this, we now have Denmark is now the first EU country to scrap all COVID restrictions. Denmark has pretty much said now that we're done as England is dropping all their mask mandates and you know vaccine passports and vaccine mandates. Scotland's now said that they're dropping them. Uh, Ireland's basically dropping them. Denmark said it will be lifting all COVID restrictions and stop designating it as a societal critical disease on Wednesday in the latest sign that Western European countries are easing these insane restrictions in order to try to combat an upper respiratory virus that the vast majority of people are healthy actually recover from. They've also said now in other countries that looks like they're going to be doing this as well. I, I saw earlier Scandinavia, Sweden, Norway, Finland, they've all pretty much had enough of this. Well, then you have on the opposite side of this, you have Austria, who now has been the first country to fully mandate the shot for all adults, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. If you don't get the shot in Austria, there are basically anti-COVID denier hunters now that are going around to try to track people down and either find them or arrest them for not getting the shot. And we knew that this was eventually going to turn into this, and now we're starting to see Austria become the first country to really do it. Now the main prominent biochemist there that works with the Austrian government, Christine Drummel, 
who's a lawyer and a chair of the Austrian Federal Bioethics Commission, now stated that the COVID-19 requirement is going to be a starting signal for a new attempt to better protect people from other diseases, including measles, whooping cough, and influenza, which means all of them need to have vaccine requirements, she said, which is the nice way of saying vaccination mandates. She also went on to say that they are in process of developing an influenza and COVID-19 vaccine that will eventually be compulsory, which means they're now going to start stacking stuff with the COVID injection so you can get your annual booster shot that will be mandated for you to simply survive in society. None of this is okay. None of this is acceptable. And none of this should be allowed by any civilian population. And of course, again, Now, in Canada, we're actually watching the pushback, which it's surprising to me how much pushback they're giving in Canada. And here in the United States, you still have a lot of areas in California and you have in New York where most people, from what I've been told now, have pretty much just gone and complied with everything in New York. I mean, you can't go into a restaurant. Same thing in Seattle. Can't do anything without it. And the vast majority of people just have gone on with it, which is sad to me, but not surprising when they've now ranked the survey – The United States has the least trusted media on a poll out of 46 countries. The United States was at the very bottom of having the least trusted media, meaning majority of people don't believe anything that comes on the mainstream media and for good riddance because it's all complete and total lies. This is what we're seeing now, why this massive evisceration of Joe Rogan on his show, of what we see now at all these platforms are basically trying to call for full censorship. And this is why they're doing it, because they want to make sure they have an excuse now to go in and start using more censorship, more restrictions on stuff like this show, stuff like his show, stuff like Hagman's show. They don't want people to be able to have open dialogues. They don't want people to be able to have conversations about any topic they want, and they sure as heck don't want anybody questioning the narrative of what they're being told. So now they're going to use this as an excuse to probably put in some other bill or some other idiotic thing that they're going to have. They're going to try to ramrod it through for a COVID you know, misinformation measure that they'll try to force through really quickly in some random bill like they like to do, and that is the entire reason why the First Amendment was put into place that gives everybody the ability to speak their mind and ask questions. Because remember, when they were under the English rule, or even our you know history before the United States, you couldn't just say certain things. If you walked up and you basically said, King George is a putz and a big fat lard, and I don't want him to do anything except die, well, they just hung you. You didn't go to trial. They didn't ask you anything. They just said, we don't like that type of speech. You're gone. Hang him from the bridge. There was was no, oh, I have my First Amendment right. No, 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 no. You literally just got shot or hung on a whim. Nothing around it. No protest. No nothing. That is the reason why it was the First Amendment. It was the number one primary category that they absolutely had to make sure was a right that was given to you by God Almighty. It was not a privilege. It was not a some type of you know gift from the government because they were being so happy to you. It blatantly shows that there will be no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of people to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. 
Freedom of speech, very clear cut. Nobody has the right to tell you you can't say something or you can't ask a question. That is why they're going so hard against alternative media right now, and that is why they're attempting everything they can to censor what we say on these shows because they know the lies that they have pushed. And if they are fully exposed, a large percent of the people are going to start pushing back, hence what we see in Canada. So again, there's a difference happening right now, and people are starting to stand up, and I'm very, very glad to see it. What do you think, Dan? Well, I'm really proud of the truckers. You know, I mean, I, I know a lot of truckers. We've got a lot of truckers who listen to the show, and, you know, we've, it's kind of like we're on a trucker network. they got to pass it around to each other, and thank you guys for that. And we're here, we're here for you, and we're here to support you. And if there's anything we can do, let us know. And uh, my whole thing is just well done. And I'm really glad you guys are standing up against tyranny up in Canada because, guys, you know, if we don't support one another right now, I mean, there's literally hundreds of thousands of people in protest all over Canada right now because of what they're doing up there with Trudeau. I mean, this guy is such a pansy. He's running. He's hiding somewhere now because I guess he's afraid he's going to be subject to a coup d'etat and uh, about to get himself taken out back and him being hung, I guess. I don't know. I hope not. Hope we don't turn into that. But, you know, the reality is, is that, you know, this guy is a little mini tyrant that was installed by the Rothschild banking cartel puppets who run the basically the house of, you know, of, of, of Windsor and, you know, and, and, the, and the royal family over in England. They have they have for centuries since Napoleonic Wars. And so we just need to realize that these guys are in the same category as the same groups that run the United States and everything else. And people all over the world have had enough. Uh, you know, here's a, this. This is why they want the 5G. This is why they want to inject you with nanotechnology. This is why they want to get you as sick as a dog and get rid of all the old white people because we're the ones who stand up against all of this stuff. This is why they do all of the things they do to try to reduce the population and bringing in people by the bus loads here in the central Florida. Still, bus stops are dumping off literally hundreds of migrants that are then being taken to housing here in right in our area. But yet the media won't do anything about it. They won't say anything. The sheriff's office apparently either doesn't know about it or doesn't know what to do about it or has been told to stand down. The governor of DeSantis doesn't know what to do because he doesn't know what's happening locally from a political standpoint. I mean, it's, it's a mess right here in Florida right now as, it, as it's happening as the communist, Kabbalist, Luciferian, socialists, whatever you want to call them, are coming in and basically usurping the entire – United States of America and destroying the very fabric of our society. You know, G. Edward Griffin, I posted an a article or a video that he did back in 1969 on the website this weekend. You guys go back and you can watch it. And you see him talk about the communism. Reagan warned us about this over and over and over. McCarthy warned us about it. You know, everybody warns us about it, but yet they continue just to push their narrative because they have the control of the money supply. And as long as they control the money supply through the Federal Reserve Banks, they can just do whatever they want to do through their lobbying efforts and just basically bribing people. I mean, it's crazy. You know, this weekend we had a former Miss USA uh, commit suicide. Now, I usually don't talk about this stuff, but I'm going I'm I'm to bring this up for just one second because it's a very strange case to me. And she basically jumped off of a building that was from the, the Orion building. We won't even go there as far as the constellation Orion in Hell's Kitchen. I won't go there either and talk about all the other stuff that could be going on here. Her name was Chelsea Christ. And she basically uh, jumped to her death from the Orion building. The former Miss USA winner in extra correspondent Chelsea Christ, 30 years of age, 
died in Manhattan on Sunday morning around 7.15 a.m. She jumped from the 60-story Orion building in Hell's Kitchen. She had been seen on a terrace on the building's 29th floor not long after posting on Instagram. She won the Miss USA pageant in 2019 representing North Carolina, running on a platform for criminal justice reform. She was a former complex civil litigation attorney and licensed to practice law, both North and South Carolina. She finished a Juris Doctorate and an MBA from Wake Forest, which is a very difficult law school to get into, by the way. And, uh, she had had been having mental, she had had, she had been a mental health advocate and spoken how she looked after herself in several recent interviews. Now, I gotta stop for one second here. You know, my deepest condolences to her family and to anybody who knew her because she was a, a pretty girl. A lot of people, she said, were saying that she was a transgender. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. I have no comment on that either way. I, I know she did not have a very feminine body. They were saying that she had a guy's body. Uh, would they put a person who was a transgender and have them become Miss USA or Miss America? Uh, the answer is we had a former first it with Barack Obama, according to Joan Rivers, that was a transgender in the White House. So is that a possibility? Could she have been transgender? Make up your own mind on it. I don't know. Who knows? Probably could be. I don't know. All I know, she was extremely tormented. Her she, her, her husband, her, her daddy was a white Polish guy. Her mom was a black beauty queen contestant on herself. And uh, the sad part about all of this stuff is that I tried to find anything about her being a Christian online. Anything about her basically working with Christ or working with Christianity, and there is nothing that I can find. Again, my deepest condolences to the family, but are they going to push these transgender contestants, if she was one, and I'm not saying that she is or was, to continue to bring us this transgender universe? Well, they've already done that, haven't they? Haven't they already given us a transgender contestant for the Miss Universe contest? Is this, is, was this a preliminary pre-run that they were doing? Was she so tormented by what she was doing and what she was involved in because of what she was or who she was? I don't know. I'm asking these questions. Everything I'm posing right now is a question. And my deepest condolences to the family. I feel horrible that that lady has done this or this transgender or this man or whatever she was. I don't know what she was. And the sad part about it is that I'm having this conversation with you today. They also agree with me on that. I'm having this conversation with you that we don't know if she was a male or female. Something's messed up with all of that, guys. Something's messed up with this. We got transgenders competing, you know, as men who are actually men who are competing against women and blowing all kinds of records everywhere to further the Kabbalist hermaphroditic agenda. And so all of these things are causing terrible mental health problems. What is it? Transgenders, 50% of them commit suicide. I mean, it's awful what happens with these folks when they become, you know, another person from another sex. It's just it, it, the psyche doesn't allow that. It starts messing with their heads. It really does. And then she was obsessed about becoming 30 years old because she was going to be old. Wait a minute. 30s old? Let me, let me explain something to you guys. I'm 66, you know, my 67th year. I don't consider this to be old. Now, I'm not going to bench press 340 pounds anymore. That ain't going to happen. All right. Shoulders won't let that happen anymore. But the reality is I still work out six days a week. I'm still super active. I still do things and I'm really active with everything that I do. 
So, you know, age is a number to a certain degree, but 30 is old. Is that because she basically perhaps has found that she's no longer being picked to basically do news stories because she's no longer as young as she was or she become the flavor of the month that she couldn't deal with that? I don't know. But again, my deepest condolences. I had, I hate to see anybody commit suicide ever. And, and, you know, and it's, and it's sad to me this has happened. By the way, Michael Rappaport, who's an actor, he basically returned to his New York City neighborhood, Rite Aid, which is like a drugstore, days after he was filming a thief stroll out with bags of stolen goods. And now he says that basically all the shelves are now completely empty because the thieves have come in and they continue to empty out the store until there is nothing left on any of the shelves and everybody has stolen everything. The store is now closed and all the staff are out of work. This is this is the same thing that I see all of the time and we've read and seen all the time in these democratically controlled cities that are, a lot of them are basically in black neighborhoods and they're allowed to come in and steal everything that's there until finally the person who owns the store or owns the business finally just rolls up the carpet and says, I'm done. I have no inventory to sell. I can't generate any revenue. I'm done. And they shut it down. Now, suddenly, the people who live in that neighborhood no longer have access to a drugstore, no longer have access to food if it's a grocery store. And suddenly, the whole neighborhood starts to deteriorate and fall apart internally. And this group of people then expands their borders because there's nothing else to steal there. And they go out another three or four miles. And then they go out another three or four miles. And pretty soon, you have a dead zone in these major cities maybe 20 or 30 miles across, like you see up in Detroit, and you see a lot of places in Minnesota now, that basically that nobody wants to live there because the crime rate is so bad and the people basically have no place to get food or drugstores or anything because they're constantly being robbed. That this is, this is the mantra, I guess, of the Democratic Party and of these groups of people that really believe that they can go in and destroy the culture of the fabric, the fabric of the culture of the United States, by just stealing everything and not working anymore. See, everything works in the United States. A republic works on a free enterprise system primarily. And if, if you don't have goods and services being exchanged and traded, then what is happening, the, the republic starts to fall apart from the seams. It really does. So we've got to figure out at this point, you know, what what are we going to do with the republic? You know, what are we going to do? Are we going to continue to stand to try to get the republic fixed? Let me let me tell you something very quickly. And this is something that really needs to be critically brought through with everything that we talk about on this show. And I try to do it. If the pastors in the pulpit don't stop pushing their lifestyle narrative, don't stop wearing their skinny jeans don't stop wearing their holes in their jeans. If they don't stop promoting the name it, claim it, blab it, grab it nonsense that they've incorporated from Oral Roberts and from the Schofield Reference Bible and give me money and you'll be blessed, we're not going to have a change here. It was the pulpit. It was the black robe clergy that got the United States to do this, basically the Revolutionary War in 1776 because the pastors in the pulpit stood against King George. And King George didn't want to start killing priests. Remember, they'd done, they'd done all that in England before. They didn't want to start doing that. So they, they kind of backed off the clergy. And that allowed the clergy to go out and really start talking on Sunday morning about what was going on, causing the people to stand against tyranny. If we don't have that again in the United States, 
we can't fix this. I'm telling you. And that's why we try so hard on this show not to make it just a news broadcast, but something to talk about what Jesus is going to do and what he's going to say. Because the Kabbalist group of people who run this planet, these Luciferians who basically love transgenders because they're gods of transgender, this group of people is doing everything it possibly can to destroy the United States as the city on the hill that basically sets itself apart from the rest of the world. Look at what's happening now. I, I told you we weren't going to have a war in Ukraine. I told you that a month and a half ago. I said, this is all fear porn. And all of these websites, I'm telling you guys, all these alt-news websites, that's all they pushed for the last two months. Stop looking at those websites. Stop giving them the clickbait. Just please stop. Because a lot of these guys are just pushing fear porn because they're doing it for clickbait to sell advertising revenue. And a lot of them are COINTELPRO. I told you we weren't going to have a nuclear exchange with Russia. It was all fear porn, all of it. And the sad part about it is, is that, you know, so many people are scared now because they thought we were going back to full-blown nuclear exchange. It's not going to happen. Number one, Putin basically is also controlled because always remember this, the Rothschild banking cartel controls the Bank of Russia. You know, the Federal Reserve Bank of Russia is Rothschild. They're going to do what they want to do. They don't want to destroy infrastructure. They want to bring come in here and bring in 5G everywhere, put in their 20,000 satellites everywhere all over around the United States and around the world to control every thought of every person's mind. They're injecting us with nanotech, but they've got to keep the masses occupied. That's what they're doing with Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan has got $100 million from Spotify, guys. Yeah, he's, he, he's part of the controlled opposition. But because he comes in and he says these things, they've got to push back against them. Now, we used to have a thing, Austin, you may not even, you probably never heard of this, but we, we used to call it an Indian burn. And you'd grab a person's wrist and you'd start rubbing around their wrist with your hand, you know, back and forth with your other hand until you got so much friction it's going to be like starting to burn the skin. It's called an Indian burn. You can't have an Indian burn without friction. And that's what they have to constantly do in the media. They have to have constant friction and fear porn to continue to promote the narrative, like Otto Kahn said, to move the earth where they hold it by its axis, the direction they want it to go. That's who these guys are. And when you get it and you understand it and you see it, you can't unsee it because that's who they are. And that's why they put Joe Rogan up there as like, Joe Rogan's telling you the truth. Oh, now they're going to they're going to they're going to censor him. OK, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, he's not. He's bringing all kinds of other people in that are high-level, how should I say, Operation Mockingbird, high-level people that are telling people the truth about certain things, 80%, and then the other 20% is total lies. Joe Rogan is just another one of these mouthpieces that they're using. I'm not, there's other ones I can list to you. One of the major ones in alt media is the same way. And, and all he does is put out junk. He never talks to you about Zionism. He doesn't. He hasn't talked about rebuilding a third temple or any of this stuff that we talk about or, or transgender or hermaphrodites or any of it because they're not allowed to talk about that stuff because it's the truth. They don't want you to hear the truth of what's being said and what's going out there on the airwaves. They don't want you to hear any of that stuff. That's what Austin said. They want to censor Hagman or they want to censor the Ted and Austin Brower show and, and a bunch of other ones that are out there. There's probably, there's probably 30 or 40 really good alt talk shows that are out there that are telling the truth. The rest of them are either compromised or they're just trying to make a nickel or a dime off their talk shows or they're just trying to get ad revenue from their websites that they're trying to push. I'm telling you guys, 
the vast majority of alt media is basically controlled. And when, and, we, and when you understand that, it starts making more sense. But I want to cover a few of these things real quick this morning with you, and I want to let you know, don't get caught up in the narrative. You know, we got this one guy now running around doing these big seminars all over the country. <laughs> the guy has 20 million people watching on live stream at $10 a piece. That's 200 million in revenue. You don't go there, guys, without somebody giving you a nod. I'm, I'm letting you know that. You don't get the bandwidth to do that. Let me put it that way. You don't get the bandwidth and the search engines to allow yourself to go to that level until somebody gives you a nod. And then you find they have people like Ruli Giuliani, who's neck deep in 9-11, who's also an alcoholic, who basically was completely and totally involved in the 9-11 cover-up as one of the keynote speakers. Guys, listen to me. These guys are always going to be here, and they're always going to be out there putting out false information or 80% real stuff and 20% false. I'm telling you guys, this happens all of the time. It's how they control the media. It's, this is how they move the football down the field, back and forth, 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 until they get where they want to be, and that's the touchdown they want, which is their new world order. When you get that and you understand it, you got to stand against it. If the word of God does not agree with what they're saying, that they're not talking about Jesus being the Lord of their you know, the, the Lord of their life and controlling their very actions. If they're not talking to you about that, something ain't right. Joe Rogan is a heathen, period. Well, that's all right. He puts out some good information. I didn't say he didn't put out some good information. I didn't say that. I'm saying he's a heathen. You go in there and get drunk, watch me smoke dope. What do you want to do? Use God's name in vain. Every other word's a cuss word. I mean, that's what his show is. That's how they're using him to go after the quote-unquote group of people out there that identify as being heathen or not being a Christian. They're doing everything they possibly can to control the narratives on every sector, including Christianity. They do that with their name it, claim it, blab it, weirdos, and with these other guys like Joe Rogan. It's who they are. And understand that this group of people that are out there that are doing this are controlling everything because they control the money supply. When you get that and you see it, at that point you understand what we're up against as far as fighting this new world order and this tyranny of global, how should I say, you know, Kabbalist Luciferians that are running everything to try to make every thought of every man evil all of the time on this planet. Keep your hearts and minds in Jesus. He's the only hope we've got. Tell your friends about Christ all the time. Talk about Jesus. And if you do that, we can turn the world back to where it needs to be, back to a Christ-centered mindset that we all think about what Jesus wants us to do with our lives. Then we can push these guys out of office, out of the elected hubs, out of the local government. Guys, we have so much stuff in the local government where we live. It's unbelievable how corrupt it is. And it goes from this point all the way up to Washington. It just gets worse. So always remember this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. And I will focus my heart and my soul on Christ all the days of my life. And I will continue to tell people the truth that we have to stand against the tyranny of this group of people and who they are. Austin, what do you think, bud? What's your next story? That's well, very accurate. And you are right. It is interesting when you see some of these big platforms that get so much publicity, and then all of a sudden they start getting hit with all this censorship. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not going to basically use it as an excuse, but it also means you have to look at what's really going on. As we know, like Dad said, they always have to have a controlled opposition. That's what I tried to tell everybody last week, and so did Dad. With this whole buildup with Ukraine, another nuclear war, we're going to do this, we're going another World War Three. 
here's the thing that we know of. When it starts going to that route, you're not going to have any aspect of, you know, if it goes there. If, so, if there's, say, nuclear exchange between all the countries, at the end of the day, <laughs> where'd that go? I mean, that's, it's not going to be anybody's problem anymore if the whole world turns to a nuclear wasteland. But see, the fear porn and the lies and the manipulation and the distraction is what that is used for. There is no way there's going to be a random exchange of nuclear warheads between countries that is not completely and totally controlled. Now, you may have a dirty bomb or another 9-11 very controlled event occur or something like that in D.C. That may that may happen, very much so. But the fact that they say, well, these countries are going to start doing, you know, uh, you know uh, preeminent – you know, premeditated in nuclear exchanges, and all these countries are going to start throwing nukes back at each other. Guys, if that actually was the case, why have they spent over $2.4 trillion on 5G just in the United States alone? Hmm? Why are they putting in all these charging stations and trying to build these platforms for fully electric vehicles all over the country? Hmm? Why would they be doing all that? Why would they be putting in trillions and trillions of dollars of build-up infrastructure and cameras and a big brother, basically, aspects? Because remember... Anything electronic, if a nuke goes off, it's done. It's cooked. It's completely and totally grenaded. It does not work anymore. The entire platform has to get swapped out. That includes the entire electric power grid. That includes the Internet platforms. That includes the cell phones. That includes the 5G systems. None of those are hardened to an EMP, period. None of them. None of it, none of it can last. None of it can survive any of that. So if that's the case and they're trying to make this happen and there's going to be this big exchange, why are they still continuing to push it? Now, like I said, it will not prevent them – from going in and having a very controlled plan that they may do something. But again, be very clear when you start hearing people come up with all this fear point on a regular basis and all this weird stuff. Oh, we know what's going to happen right now. It's got 24 hours. we got to do this right now. Be very, very, very understanding and clear when you start hearing that stuff happen and understand who's saying it. Also, to another news, this is interesting. We've seen in California – where schools have tried to encourage and help children basically go through transgender surgery or transgender changes. Well, we didn't think it was going to be that aggressive down here in Florida. Well, we were wrong. Parents of a Florida elementary school student are now suing the daughter's school district after their child attempted to commit suicide following the school's effort to orchestrate her secret transition to a male gender identity. This is sick. The suit was filed in the U.S. District Court of Middle District of Florida, claims the daughter of Wendell and Maria Perez, a sixth-grade student at Peterson Elementary School in Fleming Island, Florida, had adopted a male transgender identity at school with the support of the administration who hid the girl's gender dysphoria disorder from her parents. It was not until Perez's daughter attempted to commit suicide on school grounds for the second time in one week that the Perez's were notified about their daughter's male gender identity that was being pushed by the administration. They said prior to the suicide, she had not exempt, exhibited any signs of gender confusion or question of her biological sex, the lawsuit says. In fact, just before the incident, she had told her mother that she believed people who said they were transgender had a problem with their minds. If you're a boy, you're a boy. If you're a girl, you're a girl. The court filing said that the school had sought to keep her parents in the dark regarding her identity due to their Catholic faith. The presidents were represented by basically a nonprofit legal organization now. The two Florida cases are part of a growing trend of elementary and middle school families failing to notify parents about students seeking out a gender transition as young as single digits. And again, this has happened out in California as well. 
This also happened in Jacksonville now, apparently. That's the other one they were referring to on that. This is not an isolated case. And let me explain something to you guys again. When you start taking children at the age of four, five, six years old, and you start making them read books about how Billy wants to be Susie and how Susie wants to be Bob and all these weird confusion aspects, this is designed to break the psyche of the younger generation. It's designed to split their personality because they have this constant confusion now in their head when you keep telling them, if you want to be a girl, Bob, you can be a girl, Bob, or Billy, or whatever. And you keep telling them that, and then you start promoting it, and you start encouraging it. Well, when children are a young age, they're kind of still in fantasy world. They believe if they're Iron Man, they can be Iron Man. If they think they're the Hulk, they can go be the Hulk. They're, 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 they're kids. Their imagination runs wild. The aspects of reality don't even exist in their head at that age. So when you start telling them they can change their gender and you start telling them every single day and you start reading them to books and you start telling them if they want to be called a different name, they can. If they want to wear a dress to school, they can. If they want to have different pronouns, they can. Well, you keep encouraging it. They're going to start doing it. It's just, it's just it's a normal function of a child to start going in the direction of what authority tells them to do because they don't have any concrete rational thought at that age at all. This is why they're doing it in the school platforms right now. And any school that promotes this, in my opinion, should be charged with child abuse. This is nothing short of full-blown child neglect and child endangerment. If a child truly has a gender dysphoria disorder, they need to get counseling and they need to have their parents support them and try to help them move past it and get through this part of their life. The truth about it is, in my opinion, I think very, very rarely is this ever a true organic situation that occurs. It may in some cases with some of the soy and other situations we've seen, but a true organic situation like this is rare. The majority of it is instigated, promoted, and encouraged by the sick, perverted communists in a large percentage of the school systems. This is why it is so important you monitor what your children are being taught in the school. If you don't like what their school is teaching them, change schools or start working with a homeschool co-op program where you can actually monitor what they're being taught. This is not going to stop unless people start massively pushing back. This is the same reason why they're basically pushing the mass so hard in schools. It's, again, to break the psyche of the young children. There was a video that got posted on social media the other day, and it was a mom that works in the school and basically has been fighting back against the mass mandates. Well, the mass mandates got dropped at this specific school, and she said there's probably about 5 to 10% of the kids in the school that still wear masks. Every day they wear masks, and the teachers let them do it because of COVID. They say, you know, it's allowed. They're not mandated. They're not required. We don't even ask you to wear them, but if the kids want to wear them, they can. They said, well, this kid is basically adamant about wearing a mask at all times. She said there was basically a bunch of kids that were moving around, and he got – basically slapped in the back in the face with a backpack not like intentionally but just basically brushed across his face and he started crying and basically had a complete meltdown and she said he's like he was like seven years old he was like second grade or something and so he's crying and they're, they're, they're kind of consoling him like dude it's, it's okay you're fine you're not a big deal and so they couldn't figure out after like two or three minutes they're like what's going on bud like you know you're still crying you're having a meltdown he said i got you got to call my mom they said, why? What's going on? He goes, my mask is wet. It's got tears all over it. I can't. I have to keep my mask on. I have to have her bring me a new mask. I can't wear this mask now. It's dirty. And she goes, buddy, it's okay. It's, you don't have to wear it. And he basically had a meltdown. He said, no, you have to call my mom right now. I have to get a new mask. I can't keep wearing this one. And the mom said she just kind of looked at it. She was like, oh, my gosh, what are we doing to these children? 
there has never been any type of long-term research showing what happens to children when you muzzle them for years on end. There's been none. And we're actually starting to see this giant experiment come to fruition now on what it was designed to do. It was designed to completely and totally break the mental psyche of these young children to where they are literally terrified to not wear a muzzle, to where they cannot function without having their face covered. It is now their security blanket. And these children, mark my words on this, are going to be changed and affected the rest of their entire life if this is not stopped. It. I was driving to work this morning. I'm driving to work this morning. And school, you know, school's back in. And there's a girl walking down the sidewalk, walking to middle school. There's Stanball Middle School right beside our, our office over here. And this girl's probably, you know, she looks like she's probably 10, 11, 12 years old. She's walking down the sidewalk. This the middle of, you know, Florida, sunny Florida, walking down the sidewalk by herself, not a soul around her. And she's got her phone out. She's playing on her phone. And she has her mask all the way up covering her nose, walking down the sidewalk by herself to school. How pitiful has this country become that we've allowed this to happen to our young children? This is why when Ted and I went to the school board, we raised absolute cane on everybody over there, along with about 30 other parents. And I mean, I was upset. I kept it together. Dad got super mad <laughs> and for good reason. The fact that this is happening to our young children and it's continuing to occur, and people aren't up almost in arms about this right now, that this is still happening. While you have almost every Western European country dumping these asinine mandates that don't work, that are completely illegal, you still have schools that are talking about renewing the mask mandate on young children all the way down to two years old. Think about it for a second. Why did they say two years old? Most two-year-olds won't even wear a mask. Most three- and four-year-olds won't even wear a mask most of the time. It was because they wanted to indoctrinate those younger children. As the years progressed, they wanted to make them believe that this was the new normal way of life. Think about if you were three, four years old and you started being told you had to wear a mask everywhere you went and you just followed orders because you're four years old. Well, now we're going into two years on this. Now those kids are going to be probably six years old, maybe some of them seven, there were five. And now this has been their new normal. They really don't remember much before the age of three, four years old. You don't remember much. Most kids don't remember much past five. You know, maybe little snippets, you have little memory banks, but nothing significant. Well, now these children, they don't know life without having a muzzle on their face 24-7 everywhere they go. So now this is their new normal. They think this is the way society is supposed to be. And my goodness, if we're going to sit here and continue to pretend that this is in complete and total theater, this is the time, and it has been past the time, that we push back unbelievably hard. Because there's momentum right now, my friends. There are people waking up. I mean, look at these truckers. Like I said, I mean, I commend these guys for what they're doing right now. It's time that everybody start getting that level of resolve with whatever area, whatever topic, whatever area you're in right now. It's time people start coming together. Because if you haven't figured it out, See what Austria is doing. See what Australia has been doing with their insane levels of mandates and requirements. This isn't stopping if people don't push back. That's why Canada, Trudeau, he's flipping out. He's gone in hiding right now. This is why you got basically, you know, the Boris over there. And a lot of people in Europe, they're like, dude, we're done with this. People that are awake are realizing enough is enough. So continue to get the truth out there, my friends, and stand up for what you truly believe. This is not 
the time to play around anymore. This is a very serious fight, and they're going after the kids. I personally think a lot of this was done in order to break the backs of the young children right now. With what we're seeing with the transgender push so hard on the last couple of years, with the mass mandates, with the absolute insane social isolation, I mean, in some of the schools, making kids go outside and eat in freezing temperatures because, oh, you can't eat indoors at the school because that's a mandate, making them go eat outside – making them eat by themselves with plexiglass desk around them, not able to speak or talk to one another, places telling people you have to take your mask down to take a bite of food and then you have to pull it back up over your mouth. This is not the time to slow down. It's the time to push back harder, and we have to continue to do it as much as we can, Dad. What do you think? A theta brainwave, you know, that's exactly what we're talking about. When a child from the ages of like, you know, three until about seven, they're in a theta brainwave stage. And when you tell them that something has to be done because it's for their safety, they don't have a way to push back. They just believe you. The theta brainwave doesn't say no, it just says okay. It's like putting information into a computer system, and they're putting it into these young children, and they're programming these kids. And so you're absolutely right, Austin. These same little five-year-olds that were trained for the past two years, now they're this is, this is starting year three now. Now they're eight, and they're still wearing their masks, walking on the side of the road here in our town also. They're going to end up basically continuing to wear that mask and wanting to wear the mask all the days of their life. They're going to continue to be a peasant for the rest of their life because they've been programmed now to be a slave and to be basically covering their face. You make an expressionless face that basically has no idea of what the other person is thinking or doing. I'm so fed up with it. Every time I go somewhere, I'm always saying, can you take the mask off? I can't understand what you're saying. And over and over and over and over, I say this. What are you saying? You're mumbling. You're slurring your words. I can't hear you. And, and a lot of these people, they have no choice because their businesses are mandating that they wear the mask. And then I find out that Publix, that basically George Jenkins was a high-level Masonic leader in Central Florida. How about that? He's the one who started Publix. And now Publix has got these mask mandates still going on. Now, am I, am I saying that all the leadership at Publix is still Masonic Lodge? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying little George Jenkins was. But the reality is you can't go to Publix or to Greenwise or anywhere else you know, without having masks on everybody. And they told them if they got the vaccine, they wouldn't be required to wear masks anymore. And the poor servants of the slaves who were there who basically refused to get the mask, who told the truth, refused to get the shot, they were forced to wear masks. And now everybody's wearing masks again. It's awful. And, and, that, and that's what they're doing to the children. And that's why Austin and I got up in front of that school board. I was so angry. What's happened, almost all the school boards around the United States, the lesbian group has taken it over. I'm just going to be blank, blunt here, okay? Lesbian Kabbalist witches. A lot of these lesbians have been over the years, have been basically found out that they were going after the young girls and trying to convert them to become lesbians. Just thought I'd mention that too. And a lot of these school boards are completely and totally corrupt now because – the guys and other people on the boards who basically try to stand against these lesbian Kabbalist witches don't want to fight. I've got a friend of mine. He's an attorney. And he's told me, he says, Ted, he goes, whenever I come up against one of these lesbian Kabbalist witches who's an attorney, and I know it's going to be a fight for my life in this case, and they're going to pull out every single plug, and they're going to go for the juggler, they're going to make everything personal, it's going to be a screaming fight the whole time. He goes, I step away, and I recuse myself, and I say I won't take the case. That's one of my friends who's a top attorney. He said, well, he won't get involved in it. 
because nobody wants to get into a fight with these guys. These lesbian, Kabbalist, Luciferian witches. And they get, they get in these school boards and they start running everything. And if anybody stands against them, they go nuts. I mean, I told you we had that one, the one lady in our school board, man, she was eyeballing me and she's a lesbian. She's an open lesbian if she was elected. Because I told them, I said, I, you know, I said, I said, I'm not going to talk. We're going to talk about cultural Marxism. We're going to talk about the Frankfurt School. And I, I went into all of it at the school board meeting. Then I called, then I brought in critical race theory. So what's wrong with you people? And why are you forcing these kids to wear masks? It's all because it's part of their religion of subservience. Remember the movie Stanley Kubrick with the eyes wide shut? I'm not recommending the movie because it's filthy. Okay, But when Tom Cruise was in that movie, they had these giant orgies going on, and everybody were wearing masks. It's part of satanic worship service and ceremonies they do. It's the masking of the human psyche, the masking of the individual, and they're teaching the children that this is okay so they can continue to do this all the days of their life. That's what they're doing, guys, and this is all satanic. And say, well, gosh, Ted, this is pretty intense today. Well, yeah, it is, because Austin's right. This whole thing with the masks on these young children, it has to come to a screech and halt. should have already come to a screech and halt. And, and then we got all these people in, 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 in New York City now that their neighborhoods are being ransacked and nobody's being charged with crimes. But if everything is free and all these shoplifters get to take everything and nobody gets charged with anything, why does anybody who's in government up there think that that's going to work and that anybody's going to stay in business? just thought I'd mention that. Speaking of Kabbalist witches, we're going to talk about Ghislaine Maxwell for a second. Since that's gone to the back burner now, since Paul Craig Roberts and I started pushing and pushing the narrative about her being Mossad, she's kind of fallen off the mainstream news altogether. Here's an article. Meet Ghislaine, Daddy's Girl. It's from the Unser Review. It's posted on the website. And I just wanted to cover this. I just want to talk about this. It says, absent from mainstream discourse on Ghislaine Maxwell ongoing trial is any mention of the ties, not only of herself and her family, to Israeli intelligence. Imagine that. Those ties for Ghislaine's father, Robert Maxwell, are critical to understanding Ghislaine's history and her role in the Jeffrey Epstein sexual blackmail and trafficking network. The trial of Ghislaine Maxwell, the alleged madam of Jeffrey Epstein's sexual blackmail and sex trafficking network, which is the sex death cult, has attracted considerable mainstream and independent media attention, though not as much as one might expect given the level of media attention that surrounded the 29 arrest, 2019 arrest. Unsurprisingly, the broader implications of the Epstein-Maxwell scandal have been largely, if not entirely, absent from mainstream media. Coverage of James and Jessalyn Maxwell's trial as well as absent from the case itself as far as her being Mossad. Going hand-in-hand hand with the blackmail angle of the case is the specter of Ghislaine Maxwell's family ties to intelligence services and agencies, as well as the intelligence ties of Jeffrey Epstein himself to Mossad. Given that blackmail, particularly sexual blackmail, has been used by intelligence agencies, particularly in the U.S. and Israel since the 1940s and beyond, it is deeply troubling that neither blackmail or intelligence angle has played any role in the prosecution's case or in the mainstream media's coverage of the trial. Why is that? Because, number one, they put a lesbian, cabalist, weirdo judge on the doggone stand to try this case, number one, to make sure the narrative was going to be exactly what it was supposed to be. By the way, also, she's Jewish, the, the, the lesbian judge. Why would she go in there and hammer Israel? No way. you got to look at Ghislaine Maxwell's history. you got to look at the rise of her father, Maxwell, Robert Maxwell. He's born in what's now part of the Ukraine. 
Okay, he was, he was basically a Russian Jew. Robert Maxwell was the last in a series of names to be used with Abraham Hulk, Jan Ludic, and Leslie Dumere among his earlier aliases. He was, had all these different names, by the way. The name of Robert Maxwell emerged as the behest of one of his superiors in the British military. Maxwell had joined the British military during World War II, having left the village of his birth to the war before the war when the third reich began its expansion maxwell's parents and his siblings were believed to have died in the holocaust of course they were but there's no proof to any of that robert maxwell was involved with the british intelligence service mi6 during the war doesn't this sound like george soros george soros worked with the nazis george soros was involved with mi6 george soros was involved with the british royal family george soros was was, was hired by the rothschild banking cartel all this is just this deceptive web of incest as all this is and all of this stuff talks about what happened with Maxwell, how he became working work for MI6, how he basically worked with Zionist paramilitary groups. Unbelievable, guys. This is un- here. I'll read this. Maxwell was not officially recruited to work for intelligence, Israeli intelligence until 1961, but his critical role in securing weapons and airplane parts for the 1948 war that created the state of Israel suggests a strong relationship with prominent politicians and military figures in the nation from its beginning, as this was certainly the case with other prominent businessmen who helped arm Zionist paramilitaries before and during 1948. In the 1960s, Maxwell was formally approached by Israeli intelligence to make use of the access of a variety of prominent businessmen and world leaders that he had cultivated while growing his media empire. Guys, he was completely and totally groomed to do exactly what he's done and what he did. He's buried on the Mount of Olives, guys. I'm going to say that again. Maxwell is buried on the Mount of Olives in Israel. He's that high of a dignitary that they gave him a place of honor there. This is the guy who groomed Ghislaine Maxwell along with Jeffrey Epstein to work with Mossad to get them to blackmail over a thousand politicians globally and have all these young girls sold into sex slave who have all disappeared. They were speaking to a Baptist pastor. Came by the house, never met him before, came over here with a friend of mine, and I asked him, I said, uh, have you asked yourself a question? Over a thousand girls were trafficked by Epstein. Why only were three or four of them allowed to be put on trial? And he's, well, I guess they chose the best ones that could testify the best. I said, no, they can't find the rest of them. They're not around. There was a temple on his island where these girls sacrificed on an altar stone were there catacombs, according to some people that I've talked to, underneath the island, underneath the temple? Were they trafficked? Were they burned? Were they sacrificed? Were they used for their adrenochrome? I don't know. These people are sick. But all I can tell you is this. Nobody's talking about this article here. Nobody's talking about the Paul Craig Roberts article. And when we start bringing this stuff out and start talking about it, suddenly – Black. Everything went black with Ghislaine Maxwell. Nobody's talking about her case anymore. Nobody wants to talk about it because it's done. It's basically been pushed under the rug. Just remember the, remember how all the little memes came out. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. And it went on for about a year or so after Jeffrey Epstein was relocated. I don't think he ever killed himself. I think that's a true statement. I don't think he's dead. All of a sudden, it got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back on the algorithms until you don't see those anymore. Now, I'm going to say it again. When you have a live streaming event, 
of a bunch of globalist and CFR members speaking to the people in the United States, and 20 million people are given the bandwidth to basically pay $10 a piece, generating hundreds of millions of dollars for the promoter of this quote-unquote seminar. Who gave them the bandwidth? How come they're not being shadow banned like the rest of us? How in the world can they be out there doing what they're doing and not being shadow banned? I'm asking you guys a question. It's not possible. Somebody has given them the nod to allow them to do this. Always remember that. Ask yourself a question. Who are they? Where do they come from? Who's paying the bills? And who pushed them out to this level? Always ask yourself that question. Because that's the group of people that run the world because they control both sides of the narrative. And we've talked about repeatedly on the show. We talked about Otto Kahn. We've actually read his quotes. That's the group that runs it all. And when you see it, you'll understand how they make it happen the way they make it happen so they can push the narrative in a certain direction in order to force the entire paradigm shift that direction. So they control the earth by holding it by both sides of their axis. His quote, not mine. Always remember that. Guys, I love you. I had the opportunity to pray for you this morning. You guys are absolutely amazing. I'm so blessed to be part of your lives. I really am. I really look forward to it as far as being on the show with you guys every day. I let you know that Sharon's doing a lot better. I'm doing great, and I'm really happy that you know we're past whatever that stuff was we had last week. And I continue to pray that you guys stay on your vitamin D3. It's really, really important. D3, C, zinc, potassium, iodide. You've got to stay on all of the stuff that you know keeps your immune system strong. I love you. I appreciate you. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely, and that's why we built the vitamin C with antioxidants with the quercetin and the uh, bioflavonoids in it because that stacks really, really well with the zinc. Those two together are an incredible stack as far as for keeping the immune system strong on a daily basis. The D3 is also crucial. If you're curious what your D3 levels are on your blood, then get blood work on your next routine. And the part is, the sad part is you got to ask most of the time with your, your primary care physician or you can just go with a normal company and basically have them put in, you know, a call for you on it. Like I think LabCorp does it if you, you can get it with a secondary company. But the thing is you have to stay on top of your health. There's too much stuff out there on a regular basis that we're constantly being exposed to now. I mean the toxins and the food and the water and all the stuff. And so, I mean, it, and it's all done by design. You can't even act like it's not because when they start telling you, well, and this is the part that I always laugh. You need to take the shot for your health. You need to take the COVID-19 injection, the RNA experimental gene therapy. you got to take it for your safety and health and for your protection. But while you're at it, don't worry about the high fructose corn syrup and the aspartame that's in the food and the sucralose and the red 40 and all that stuff. Don't, don't worry about that. You can eat that as much as you want, but you need to take the shot for your health. Again, it's always what I've told you. They continue to cause the problem then they provide the treatment for the problem that they created. That's the sad part that the FDA and basically the pharmaceutical industry and the medical industrial complex has now created is this vicious cycle that goes around and around and around in order to keep hundreds of billions of dollars in profit flowing every year and and also keeping people very, very sick much easier for preventative nutrients. Be sure to check out the product of the week. Speaking of it was potassium iodine, the molecular iodine on sale right now is product of the week. And be sure to vote for what you want to see when later on this Wednesday on the website as well. 
and continue if you need anything. Be sure to check out the site. Also, the purple sticks. We have the three-pack special, the case lots, the single boxes, all of them in stock, ready to ship right now for everybody that's been asking for the last week. So, again, anything you need, give us a call, 1-800-726-1834. And continue to just stand up, my friends, for what you believe. You know, I've seen it now so much where people now are starting to come together. They may have disagreed on a topic. They may not have seen eye to eye. But if, even if that's the case, if you can find a neutral ground to continue to push forward with one another and we can get this country back to the way it was, back to its healthy state that it was before, if you want to call it healthy. But this, this right now, and I'm not referring to health when I'm talking about COVID. I'm talking about the mental and physical and spiritual health that is now rotting in this country with this insane control that they're trying to mandate over the populace. Keep up the strength. Keep up the faith. I encourage you all to continue to do it. We appreciate the support. And as long as more of us continue to stand up like we're seeing, this this whole trucker thing I think should begin a lot of people's attention, showing how many people are in support of freedom. And they're saying now this is they're just warming up. They said the weekend was just a warm-up session, that these guys are not going to stop, that they have had enough. Because remember, the truckers play a vital, vital role in the entire economic engine of the world. I think they said out of all the transfers of basically trade, hundreds of billions of dollars in trade between Canada and the United States, 70% of it is transported through the trucking industry. Keep that in mind. Thank you, my friends. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Stay strong. I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.